You're listening to Dwelling Place Podcast, sponsored by Parkside Bible Church. Our goal is to have a conversation about how we can become a dwelling place for God by His Spirit, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Dwelling Place Podcast. This is week four. A couple things before we get into this. Uh, One, I just want to thank people for listening. This has been really exciting for me to see this all kind of come together. It's good to hear feedback and critique and comments and questions. It's really helpful for me as we uh, get this thing off the ground. I talked to Alvaro Barantes, who was one of our missionary friends that was here probably about a month ago for our missions festival. And he said that he's been listening and that he really loves that we're doing this. Uh, So I'm going to keep this rolling, even if no one from Parkside listens. Um, If Alvaro's the only one, uh, this one's for him, I guess. So uh, thanks for listening uh, again and just giving your comments and questions. Uh, This has been a great experience. Um, I have another announcement, too. Our submission to make this an actual iTunes podcast is um, submitted to iTunes. So we'll know more about that hopefully by the next podcast, which could be the first one to be released on iTunes podcast. Should be pretty sweet. So uh, keep an eye out for that. You can keep listening on SoundCloud too, though. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. And share this with your friends if you think this is helpful. Hopefully we can uh, get rolling and get some more listeners too. So uh, with that being said, one of the comments that I received from actually several different people was that last week's was a little bit long. We talked about some big concepts, some uh, in-depth, a lot of flipping back and forth in scripture, reading long passages. And they suggested that maybe it's better to have just little snippets with little bits of info. And I was kind of already leaning that way anyways. Uh, 13, 15 minutes was just getting pretty long for me to even record and edit. So uh, hopefully we can shrink that down, keep it under 10 minutes, but still get some uh, good deep work done. So let's get into this. <laughs> uh, last week and the last couple of weeks, really, we've been talking about transcendence and eminence in reference to God. Uh, and those are theological words that basically mean two different things. Transcendence means God is above us and other and distant. Uh, he thinks and acts differently than we'll, we do. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more towards the end of the podcast. But transcendence is basically... God is supreme over everything and exists outside of it. Uh, But at the same time, or maybe I should say, and at the same time, God is imminent, which means he is near and intimately involved, not just with us individually, doesn't just care about what happens to us individually, but he is intimately and imminently involved in all of human history. So he doesn't just start creation and then get out of there and watch it happen. What he does is he creates everything, but is also breaking into human history and completely and always involved with what's going on everywhere. So these are huge concepts, but they're really crucial for us to grasp. Uh, Because God is transcendent, uh, he can be imminent. And because he's transcendent, our sin is really rebellion and treason against the highest being in the universe. So it's really uh, big stuff. But rather than get into some of those deep nuances and intricacies, today I just want to bring this more down to us and our everyday experience. Um, When we think about transcendence, our culture is really far away from transcendence. We don't really think about it very much. Um, Back in the 1500s and before that in all of human history, uh, gods 
and worship and church were really crucial to every uh, nation, every culture. They had a, a cornerstone of religion or spirituality that was really the bedrock of their culture. I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing one way or the other, uh, but our culture is just different than that. We don't necessarily think about transcendence on a regular basis or uh, have much set aside uh, to experience God or to interact with spiritual ideas. Um, But the author of Ecclesiastes in chapter 3 does say this in verse 11. Uh, The author says, He, which is God, has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. And no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So the author of Ecclesiastes is saying that the idea of eternity or transcendence or the reality that there is a God that is higher above us is built in by God to every one of us. So we don't really have um, constant experiences of transcendence or those uh, moments of ecstasy where we know that there is a God, we can feel it. Um, But sometimes we do have really rich glimpses of that. So if you're on Lake Michigan and you watch the sunset happen, you can start to think, whoa, this is beautiful. And this brings up something inside of me uh, that makes me think this isn't all there is. It's not just me. It's not just my family. It's not even just humanity. There's something else going on. And I am created for something beyond just what I can see. So that's one example of transcendence where you get a little glimpse of, wow, I have this deep longing Uh, to be connected with God. Um, A couple other examples in our culture are weddings. Uh, When you're at a wedding and uh, the marriage is happening and the ceremony is happening, there are certain moments, especially when you're getting married or you're the one like officiating the wedding, you can feel that this is, uh, this couple's entering into something that God established from the beginning. This is a highly spiritual moment because you're interacting with something that God ordained from the very beginning. Uh, So when you're at a wedding, you really feel that. There's this longing for, whoa, we are connecting with something uh, that is sacred and above us and has to do with God. It's like this longing. Um, Another one is funerals. When you're at a funeral and uh, up front uh, facing death or you are with a loved one as they die or you experience a loved one that has died, that mourning and that grief stirs up a lot of this, huh, I think I'm made for something beyond death. There's something going on. Uh, Eternity is real, and I have this longing for God. So we don't have transcendent experiences all of the time, but we do have these little glimpses throughout our life uh, that remind us that there is something going on deeper than just our everyday uh, normal routine experience. Um, but one of the things that we don't want to do is just work from that and work our way up to God. Uh, some people talk about it as God is talking about ourselves with a megaphone or writing about ourselves in a million point font. Um, and that's not a good way to look at it. When we start with ourselves and those longings, we end up with versions of God that are selfish or broken or uh, things that we want to worship. And that's really how idols come about. Because we're just taking our desires and making them uh, huge, making them almost eternal. And that's not good. So what we need to do is we need to start 
with God himself. And there's a helpful passage um, in Isaiah chapter 55, uh, verses 8 and 9, uh, where God says this, and this is talking to Israel, but it's also talking to all of humanity. This is God's heart and his character for us. And he says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So what God's saying is there is you can't start with yourself and work your way up to me. You can't figure me out by starting with your own uh, feelings or thoughts or actions and just making them infinite. Uh, we can't talk about God as uh, how he is like us. Rather, we have to start with God and then figure out how we are in relation to that. And one of the beautiful parts of that passage in Isaiah 55 is that couple verses is situated in the midst of God talking about repentance and forgiveness. So one of the ways God is different and above us is that he loves forgiving. When he senses repentance, he is there and ready to pour out forgiveness, grace, and mercy. And that is just his heart for us. Uh, whereas sometimes when we think about our life and maybe things are going good, we'll start thinking, oof, I wonder if God's right around the corner going to trip me up or throw something in me just to keep me humble. And of course, we do go through trials and tribulations and those uh, make us more like Christ, and those are good things. It's good to suffer for God. But God is not uh, just the way we think about things. We think about those things because we want to appease something to keep the good times rolling, when really God just wants to pour out his love and blessing and grace and mercy on us all of the time. So if we start with ourselves and those uh, thoughts of jealousy or competition or worry or anxiety and just amplify them, we're going to come off uh, worshiping an idol, which is just ourselves times a thousand. When really we have to start with the fact that God is different than us and he wakes up in the morning loving to forgive, loving to pour out mercy, loving to pour out grace as soon as he senses any kind of repentance. Um, so that's just part of the character of God. And that's just a little glimpse of transcendence and imminence um, as we talk about in our day-to-day -day lives. And I, I hope that's helpful. But please uh, leave questions, comments, uh, anything that you have. Uh, text me, email me, call me, Facebook message me, uh, and I'd love to answer those. Uh, but we'll talk more about ourselves in relation to God next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.